everyone. Welcome back to the Girl of Gen Z podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa, and today we have our first male guest on the show by the name of Ben Levitt. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to actually get to do this. Of I'm course, excited. of course. Um, so how was your drive here this morning? Uh, definitely could have been better just because there's a lot of rain right now, but that's the kind of what you get with Canadian weather. It's kind of all yeah, over the place. transition. So. Absolutely. And plus, I have a pretty crappy car, too. What do you drive? Uh, an 04 Honda Civic Si with about 250,000 clicks on it. So okay. it's seen some stuff. And there's like duct tape all over it. So every trip is a little bit of Where? an adventure. What's duct tape? Okay, so I'm pretty hard on my stuff. I break a lot of things. And uh, in the winter, it's even worse because everything breaks easier, right? So I was trying to close my door and the little latch thing's broken. So I was wailing on it and I kind of ripped the door off of the like door, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, the yeah. plastic part of it. So I had to like duct tape it all and then actually have to duct tape the little handle thing too. So, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So when anyone gets in your car, do they ask? Like, oh yeah, there's always questions. Every the, single time? Yeah, yeah, but they're pretty used to it at this point. Like, they're like, yeah. And you don't see getting these things fixed. You're just going to like kind no, of run into the ground. I like to rough thing. it out. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'm just going to ride it till it dies. For me, I'm not a big car guy. Like, I, I don't care. I'll never put a lot of money into cars. So it gets me there. And that, that's fine yeah, with me. Yeah, it gets you to A to B. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. So you are a, would you consider yourself a content creator slash podcast host slash what else? Yeah, I don't know. I guess a lot of lanes for sure. Um, if I had to describe myself quickly, probably, I guess, content creator. Um, but it's always, for me, it's always been when the content creation has been more of facilitating the entrepreneurial dream. So it was kind of like, I just saw all these people building these audiences and building these followings and then they leveraged that into build businesses. And that's where my passion lies. But to get there, I think a better route, especially if you don't have connections or a lot of money, the best place is to do that is to build like a network type thing. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Okay, so let's bring it back a bit to your childhood and your upbringing. Yeah. So what were you like as a kid? What were you like in high school? Mm. Where did your interests of this like stem from? Yeah, so I, both my parents work for themselves. So I think that definitely had some influence on how I approach things. Uh, I was the kid who was always selling stuff, always flipping things. That was definitely me. I was the kid who would try to sell like Yu-Gi-Oh cards, stuff like that. <laughs> I was always flipping things. I had a paper route when I was extremely young. Uh, I loved the whole aspect of like getting money from someone. Right? If you give them great service, they're going to give you money. Like that was mind boggling to me. And then you could go buy Pokemon cards with that. Like the whole thing of making money really fascinated me from a very young age. And then from going up, we started, I started numerous different businesses in like high school. We started a longboarding company and then we would sell like jerseys from to everyone in the school and stuff like that. So like used jerseys, no, like so we'd order them wholesale from China. So then I would like group everyone together. They'd pay me up front and then I get the bulk discount from the Chinese distributor and then sell it to them once they actually got here. I see. Yeah. So that you was did that in high school. Yeah, that was grade nine or ten and a little youngin. Yeah, my dad wouldn't let me use his credit card either because he didn't trust like what's this China stuff, whatever. So I actually had to get my buddy's mom to let me use her credit card. So I talked to her up, I'm like, hey Barb, like blah blah blah. I, can, I know <laughs> I can, I know I can make some money. Like, can you just front me the cash? And she did it, and every time she got her money back and she was happy to do so. So yeah, you, you can always find a way for sure. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. so then when you were in high school, were you at an art school or was it a public school? Like what Yeah, so like it was a public school, but it's in this little school in Oakville called Blakelock, and it's definitely like arts based. But I was an athlete through and through, like that was my primary passion growing up. And I switched there in grade 10, so sophomore year for anybody who's American. Uh, and so we were never, they were never really good at sports. But then when we came, I brought a few guys with me, and then we actually became good at sports. So it was kind of weird. Like it was definitely an arts based school, but it kind of became a sports school by the time we left. So, okay. so, so that was fun. Were you a sports guy throughout the entirety of high school or just? Yeah. So I, football was, if you had talked to Ben 10, 15 years ago, I would have been in the NFL and you couldn't have told me otherwise. Like I was going to play in the NFL. That was it. That was I'm your very, childhood dream. I'm very stubborn too. So it's like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, unfortunately that didn't materialize. I, I'm not in the NFL, <laughs> obviously. But uh, so I, yeah, I was definitely big into football. I played in school as well as outside of school. And that's a big reason why I went to university actually was just to play football at the next level. So um, yeah, definitely big, big sports. That comes from my family too. Everybody in my family is an athlete. So just kind of came that way how many people are in your family so i have two sisters two stepbrothers and yeah that's that's the sibling older younger where do you range i'm right in, in the middle okay how yeah. old are you again i am 23 okay i almost forget how old i am that's so bad <laughs> did you just turn 23 <laughs> no or? i've been 23 for a while my birthday's in march but i don't know i just forget oh, i'm in march too what day 15th okay i'm second okay crazy close, though, crazy close. so are you close with your siblings 
Uh, definitely varies. Uh, super close with my stepbrother, and then my two sisters, kinda. Uh, there's a big age gap. So my my older sister's like four or five years. So that's not huge. But my younger one, she's like eight or nine years younger than me. Oh wow. Something like that. So there's definitely a huge yeah. It's divide hard to have there. things in like common there. It, there's not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like I try to give her some help whenever I can. But there's one, she's a girl, I'm a guy, and then two, I'm a lot older than her. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. But it, we're okay. Exactly. So how would you say your high school experience was? Was it what you pictured it, it would be, or did you think you missed out on like? No. I, high school was awesome. Yeah. I, I loved high school because. I kind of just, I've never had an issue with like not, not doing something because I worried about what other people thought. So any opportunity that I saw that was there, like I did it. It's like I took a vocals class and I had to sing in front of a bunch of the school. Like I, I just never really cared. How did cared. that come about? Cause, so there's a teacher who was one of our leadership teachers or whatever. And he said, oh, I'm starting to offer this singing course. And I would always sing in class when I wasn't supposed to be singing. So he's like, Ben, like you actually will get a credit for coming in to sing here. I'm like, say no more. I'm in. And then he also said that it was, can be contributed to our university so like all we had to do was sing and it was contributed to our university mark. So, so how many like, people were enrolled in this class? Like 12. Yeah. And then we, the, the, he didn't tell us this going into it, but he's like, the final project is you have to sing in front of like this big audience. And I was like, okay, well, you didn't tell me that part, but yeah. it, it went all right. How I, was that? I sang John Mayer, Waiting on the World to Change. Okay. So um, yeah, it went. <laughs> I'm not a good singer by any means. Did you get a standing ovation? By like a few of my buddies for <laughs> sure. Because my one friend, uh, Kurt, he's like my high school best friend and he's like, Get, before I went on stage, he's like, give me a shout out. And I'm like, okay. So I, right when I got on there, I'm like, oh, I want to give a shout out to my vocal coach, Kurt Schlobitz. <laughs> so like, got some some people going for That's sure. That's funny. Oh my God. Okay. So transitioning now to post-secondary, mm -hmm. what was that like for you? Like, did you have a path and a vision of what you wanted to do? Were your parents like, did they play a super important and big role in that? Yeah, I'd say... Like I was going to university from a very young age. Like that was just kind of the path that my it parents. It was just had like an assumption. Like it was just yeah. To I I always did fairly well in school, so it was just kind of like that's what we're told is what you do if you do decent in school. I wouldn't say I was super passionate about school by any means, but I think that the big reason why I went there was one to appease my parents, but two, it's the only really place you can play football at the next level. So with that being my core focus, that was the only next path really. Okay. So, and then I knew it was by default, I knew I was going to go into study business because, like, I, again, that was something that I also decided when I was like 10 selling Pokemon cards and stuff. So, that was just kind of natural fit. Did you focus on something specific when you were in there for business? Yeah. So, my major was marketing. Okay. Uh, there's two reasons. One, I figured it was the path of least resistance, to be honest. Out of all the majors, uh, all the ones that I applied to, which was economics and finance and then uh, accounting, it seemed definitely the least dry. And I'm consider myself a creative person I'm like not in terms of like artistically but conceptually artistic if, if that makes sense yeah, yeah. like a creative like I guess that comes with the creation of content and stuff yeah. like that so I figured that marketing still gave you some of that while still having the business elements so that's kind of where I f fit in there I always find it hard to describe being creative to a person because as soon as you say creative they assume like artistically like drawing and painting you're like no like not that kind of creative no exactly like, you get what i'm saying video creation yeah. like the story how it's produced directed that exactly whole realm of 100 because i can't draw a stick person so it's like i have yeah, no same. artistic ability same. but i definitely have a me like i need to have some sort of creative expression okay so when you were in post-secondary what which one did you go to i went to university of guelph okay yeah. nice so you went there for business. yeah <laughs> and you played football all four years no so i just played first year and oh, then wow. uh Fortunately, I had a pretty serious concussion that resorted me to call it a day. Did that happen during the football game? It happened during us, like a before the season even actually. And then I tried to come <gasps> back. And then uh, I went to a concussion specialist because it was pretty serious. And I saw him for a few months. And then he finally cleared me. And he said, and this was, I couldn't get this out of my head after he said it. He said, Ben, everything that you're telling me right now, I can't not clear you. But if you were my son, I would never let you play football again. And I was like, why did you say that, man? Because I went back to try to play, and then I just kept hearing that play Were in you my by head. yourself in the doctor's office? Or yeah, it was, just him, okay. it was just him and I. And he's like, by the way, Ben, like, I can't not clear you, but blah, 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 blah. That's like a movie moment where it's like everything shuts out, and you're like, yeah, you do it was do? pretty traumatic. I was like, come on, dude, why did you do that? So what did you have to do to like get better? Like, What were your... So with concussions, it's a, we know so little about the brain, and that was a very eye-opening experience to see that. Because when you're young, you think you're indestructible, and you watch these kids playing... I can't even watch sports the same way anymore. I feel so old. <laughs> like I'm only 23, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, watch your head. <laughs> but it's just like, because we just have no idea. Yeah. And we're hearing more and more about CTE and all these things. I'm not sure if you're familiar with CTE. Yeah. So it's like, 
it's this disorder that's becoming more and more prevalent. And again, we still don't know much about it at all. But a lot of older NFL players, they're after they die and they get an autopsy of their brain, they all had this CTE condition. Really? Yeah, so there's, there's a big movie about it called The Concussion with Will Smith in <laughs> Did it. Did you watch this right after you got No, <laughs> I didn't want to watch it. I was like, I can't watch that. Who told I don't, you to? My mom wanted me to. Oh, okay. And I was like, I, I don't know if I can because with something you can't change, I'd say ignorance is probably bliss. Yeah. Like, I can't change the amount of trauma my head has had, so why would I worry about that? Right, right. Yeah. yeah, no, I heard, I remember my dad telling me that um, certain hockey players, Yeah. Uh, in the NHL, when they would get concussed, they were literally told to like, sit in like a black room, like pitch black, no music, nothing, so yeah. they could get better. And I was like, that must be so boring. I just tried to picture myself <laughs> doing that. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, it's a super weird injury. One, because it's not one that you can actually see. Yeah. So for, like, my dad's always tried to ingrain with me like, being the tough football guy, right? And it, but this isn't an injury that you can outwork. Like, there's nothing you can do. Really, yeah. Which is really unfortunate. So then, like, he'd come in and see that I wasn't doing anything. He'd be like, like well, why aren't you doing anything? I'm like... I can't really fix my brain. You know yeah, what I mean? Because it's yeah. it's just difficult. And I think that comes with getting past the stigma, which I think a lot of people are getting there. Mm -hmm. But in sports, it was always like you got your bell rung. Not that you got a concussion. Like, just smack yourself and get back on the yeah, field, right? Exactly. And now we're becoming a little more educated into like how serious that is and the long-term implications of it. So what were your parents' reactions when you got concussed? Um, again, like my dad was very, very excited. We the only thing really we really bonded over was sports. So it's like when we lost the football thing, and like all he would ever talk about to other people was like, "Oh Ben, like my son, the football player, right?" So when that's gone, I think it was very difficult for him because he's like, "That was our means of connection," and then now that's not there anymore. Plus, like when we're growing up, like it was always like work, 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 but you can't outwork that injury. So right, exactly. Yeah, it was it was weird. My mom was super supportive. She she didn't want me to play anymore. She's like, "No, like you're done." It's it's a tough sport. I oh. like. I don't it's know, barbaric. man. <laughs> yeah, like I think about having kids one day and that's the one sport and maybe even rugby. I don't know. Like yeah. it's it just, it's so tough on the body and like head exactly. That's mm. just, I don't know. That's it's, a real tough I call think to make as a parent. I would definitely still play football again, even knowing the injuries I've had. Yeah. And I've had a lot of them. No regrets. But no, because of how it shaped me as a human being. Like I know I wouldn't have the work ethic, even the social skills that I do, if not for this sport, to right. be honest. I think the only thing I would change is I would not have let me play so young because little kids, they're already naturally like bobbleheads and then you're throwing on a helmet now. Like that's super dangerous. Yeah. So I wouldn't have let myself play until grade nine, like in high school. Okay. Because then you're a little bit more physically mature and those are reduced a little bit. Do you played earlier than grade nine? I was playing grade six. Oh my. And like year round. Yeah, that is young. Mm -hmm. That is young. I remember because I have an older brother too mm -hmm. and he's 24 and he actually also went to golf. Which no is way. Funny. Yeah, for business. That's amazing. But um, yeah, he, I think he did football. It must have been grade eight or grade nine. Yeah. But definitely like up there in age, but I think he only did one season and mm -hmm. it might, like he was decent at it, but my parents were both like, no more. It's, it's just tough. Like I can't watch my, I remember I was a kid being like, oh my God, like yeah. going to watch in the stands being like, how is this enjoyable? Like I can't imagine how my parents must feel. Exactly. Like, it's a good game, but to see the injuries and like all that happen. Yeah. And it's so quick too. It, it is. And you get desensitized to it. Like, before I got serious injuries, like you literally don't think you can get injured. It's crazy. And I was playing running back and linebacker. So mm -hmm. every play I was like in the thick of it. I remember my mom telling me I had these bright red cleats and she would just say like, she'd always just look for the red, red cleats to make sure I was okay. Aww. You know what I mean? <laughs> Such I'd a the, mom. I know. Cause I'd be at the bottom of the pile always. And uh, she's like, Searching. you always got up. So yeah. it was fine. Yeah. You just, you just don't even think you can until it happens. And then you're like, wow, like, this is something that you can't just do forever. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about one more injury yeah. you had, I guess, or surgery. Cause I noticed when I looked through your YouTube videos, yeah, yeah. one of the most viewed videos was the ACL surgery. So was that from football too? So that was from football, but I don't like to, to it's, it sucks. It's from flag football. I'm like, ah, flag football. Yeah. So like I just played intramurals. So it's not even like real football, but, uh, I heard it coming back for a ball Oh my god! and then, uh, it was so loud. Uh, literally like, because the ligament, pops Ugh. right so there was no one within five yards of me and they thought it was me hitting another guy's cleats but it was my knee and i knew right then i was like i tore something like you something you, really you know my it's body. super yeah. loud the wind got knocked out of me and my leg the next morning because i tore my acl and my meniscus both of them was so swollen it was the worst i drove myself to the hospital like that was the and you're in guelph when this happened yeah yeah oh my gosh it's, it was brutal it was you a, drove yourself to the hospital yeah because i was just like did okay, they tell you not the... to do that i don't know i i ended up leaving anyways because it took so long there's like like there's nothing we can do for you right now but yeah and so then you just had sit in pain yeah for a long for six months because of i probably could have done it faster 
But uh, that's the, the negative aspect of the Canadian healthcare system is that obviously it is covered for you, but it is nowhere near as urgent as some of the other people who yeah. don't have it. I always hear, and this is so terrible to say, but it's like, unless you're bleeding and they physically see blood, that they won't serve you Nothing. first. They'll, they'll serve the person who they physically see the blood yeah. coming out of. And it's the nature of it, right? They, I know. It's, if it comes with the territory. Like, you have to take it like that. And so then when that happened to me, I was obviously devastated. And the first thing you do is you go to YouTube, right? And all those videos were just bad. I was like, this is terrible. So what did you search in the search engine? Pardon? What, what do you mean? Like you like found- right after I injured my knee, I'm like, hey, like I want to go see like what's next. Okay. Right. So that's what gets get back to the YouTube videos. And I was like, all these videos suck. Like these are so bad. I'm like, I'm gonna make some videos. And my videos. And mine are gonna be the best. <laughs> well, th- there wasn't a lot of competition, so yeah, I was like, yeah. I actually can be the best because a lot of them were bad. So then I made the videos, and then yeah, they that was really what got the ball rolling. And I think that's what shifted my perspective. The opportunity that a negative situation can create for you. Like that was awful, but that's you kind really, of flipped it. Into absolutely. A positive it's thing. what got me started with YouTube. Cause I'd always wanted, I think everybody wants to try YouTube. They're like, Oh, it's so cool. I've heard it so many times. Exactly. Right. But it's like the actual commitment of picking up the camera or buying the camera, camera. and uh, exactly. putting, it together. putting stuff out there. Like that's a lot. And that was one where I'm like, Hey, I, I now have a clear direction for some sort of content. Like there's no excuse. Now I have to just like, go for it. And then in through doing that, it just kept bringing people to the channel because so many people tear their ACL. Yeah. So nobody really pushed you to do this. You just completely decided on your own. I always wanted to do YouTube anyways. And I'm like, Hey, this is a perfect the universe pushing yeah. me. Yeah. Like, like you have to do this now because think about all the other people who are feeling just as crappy as you are right now. Cause your knee is, is mangled. Right. And they're looking for content and there's nothing that's filling that void. So it's yeah. like this opportunity was glaring. And you have some right decent there. views on those videos too. So I totally yeah. know what you mean by like, it's not a super saturated it's super thing niche to search. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But people are going there with like high intent. So like they're, they're looking for that. And because it's so traumatic, they're going to watch like five or six videos because they want as much information to make themselves feel better for the next, cause it's like a year long process afterwards. So like they are, are getting buckled up for a long haul. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then what transitioned from the ACL type videos yeah. to your businessy? Yeah. Like what would you even call that genre or that niche that you found? I, um, I guess it'd be businessy. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I'd say that's definitely probably where I go. I actually first started off doing like fitness stuff because I, I just saw the trend there. And a lot of the YouTubers that I watched. Christian Guzman. I loved that guy. Yeah, he was too. my dude. And, uh, <laughs> so I was like, hey, I'm going to I do that. I thought I saw the trend going. But I think the mistake that I made there was I do love fitness. I love it for sure. But I say, one, I'm not the best at it. And two, it's not like a true passion. Whereas the business, social media stuff, like that stuff that I know I'm better than the vast majority of people out there. And I'm also passionate about it. So I think that's where it just kind of went there gradually. And my advice to anybody starting YouTube would be throw stuff at the wall. Like just continue making videos that about any topics that you like. And eventually YouTube will tell you where to go. Yeah. Like literally one video will pick up for me, it was my podcasting video, mm-hmm. and that has literally altered the direction of my content. It's it's made me money every single month only because I just kept making random videos of stuff right. that I liked. Right. So when did you become monetized? Uh, uh, over a year now, I think. Okay. But, but the, the the people get confused about there's like almost no money to be had in actual like YouTube AdSense for the majority of people's mm-hmm. channels. Mm-hmm. The real money is your ability to navigate traffic from your website or your video to go make other purchases or purchase your products. That's where people are getting wealthy off of YouTube. It's not from, there's a few exceptions to the rule. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Graham Stephan. No. He's another like business YouTuber. He talks a lot about finance and uh, real estate. Okay. And he, his CPM is inc- incredibly high, but that's all based off who your audience is. So he has like his audience, the average viewers is, is like 30 to 35. So they have a ton of discretionary income, right? Or they have a lot of money where they can spend it. Right. So they're worth a lot more than who would be watching my videos, which is more like 25 to 30. Like that five years makes a big, big difference. For sure. So the real money that I make every month is from affiliate links and different affiliate programs for podcasting things. Okay. And, and Amazon. So who are you affiliated with? So a bunch of different podcast hosts, uh, and I've done a few sponsored videos and then, um, Amazon affiliate links because I'm talking about directly products in a lot of my videos whenever they go purchase them on amazon i get a small kickback okay. between like six and ten percent depending okay, on what depending. it is they buy so did they reach out to you you reach out to them so a mix anybody can be an amazon affiliate 
Uh, but the ones where I was like more directly partnered with, it was kind of a, a mix. Like I reached out to my new podcast host, Buzzsprout, and th- their head of marketing flagged the email. He's like, oh, this is too funny. Like I just watched your video. I was going to reach out to you. And I was like, oh, it's like that stuff just works. And then uh, we connected. We had a call. So then now I'm one of their partners to host my stuff there. That's awesome. And then um, a few other ones that I just went about doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the YouTube algorithm. Mm-hmm. Do you understand it? Well, I don't think anyone truly understands it. <laughs> right? I was just going to say. There's definitely, I think, a degree of randomness, but th- there's definitely things that you can go about doing it to improve it. Like, I know it, it's crazy to think now because it's like my most successful video. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I accidentally did things right. Yeah. Like, like you can watch it. And I, um, there was a future video of mine. I'm going to break down why that was successful. And it's because any really good video, they have a few components that like that's almost necessary to make that a good video and the first being you need a good hook if you don't get a good hook they're gone and the most important thing on youtube is watch time so if you don't get them to commit to staying around your video will not go anywhere so you need to get to the point and get to the point fast and i look back at my podcasting video and i guess it was a good enough hook because the watch time on that is like eight minutes per per viewer which is like absurdly high for youtube especially like that type of content like most of my other videos get like three or four and it's got like eight or nine. So it's like, that's why it gets shown to so many people. Right. Like if you go to YouTube right now and type in podcasting, I'm like the second or third video with that's above insane. guys like Gary V. That's insane. And that's the power of YouTube though, is because anybody has a chance. Like that's what drew, drew me to that so much. Like I'm a kid from a small town in Canada who I feel like I should be like trying to do what these guys do. Right. And YouTube gives you a platform to do that. hundred like percent. Look, I just made a video on a $400 camera I got from like Amazon used or whatever. And I literally didn't think anything of that video. And the coolest thing is you can go back and look at the, like I'm a huge stats nerd when it comes to all this stuff. Oh, it's interesting. Especially when it's your own stuff. Exactly. You start to care. Yeah. And I'm constantly tweaking different things to see if I can get more favorable treatment, but you'll watch it. Like there was no views, no views, no views. And then randomly, boom, it just shoots up. Just shoots up. And now it stays. Like I'll get about 1200 views every 48 hours on that video. That's awesome. So and I'm assuming that one's making a decent amount. That of one's making almost all of the money because of all the affiliate links. Like I mentioned a few products and so many people go buy it. Makes a difference. And then the best thing about though is cause like once you get that one video, then you need to continue to make content similar to that. Cause if you can get people watching more of your next video, so it's like you come up and suggest it and they watch the next one, that's triggering YouTube is that your stuff's really valuable and anybody who's interested in this stuff whatsoever might be interested in your things. So that's how you're going to get even more favorable treatment. Right. And I wish I had done that earlier. Like I made this one. You didn't know. I I didn't. You learn this all over time and through mistakes or Mm -hmm. non-mistakes. But yeah, I think a common misconception that people have is the subscribers versus the views. Way back when, yeah, I know. But now it's like, the views are what's going to drive the amount of hours of watch time, which exactly. will help you become monetized as opposed to the subscribers. But then some people look at the subscribers and yeah. vice versa. But I will say this for anybody who's thinking about trying YouTube, I think it's really, really important to try to get more of like a long-term plan as early as possible. Cause yeah. I look at all of these people that have come through and obviously you're doing YouTube for some sort of business goal in most cases. So your ability to maximize that exposure is crucial for your success. Like I just recently started building an email list and I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm so dumb. Why didn't I build this so long ago? Cause then like you now have control over that email list. Whereas even on Instagram or any on Facebook, you don't have control. You're right. building property on somebody else's land. Right. Whereas an email list, I have direct communication to these people. They now know, like, and trust me and I can communicate with them whenever I want. And it's like, Oh, I could have had so many more people if I had done this earlier. Right. So that's why I'd say a big thing is like, I've had to make these mistakes gradually and anybody who was trying the same thing, I think have that long-term path even somewhat drawn out so you can understand like how important that is because as you know as a youtuber people are finding you every single day Mm -hmm. but if you don't become sticky like you don't make them gravitate towards you they're gone and they'll probably never see you again yeah so it's like your ability to do that and i just did it through a freebie like i do like a little podcast checklist for any podcast video you can go and like it's like linked there and if they go click that then they give me their email and i send the list and that's how you can build an email super simple i didn't like a day that's awesome yeah so how do you think taking business at Guelph um, like tied into your YouTube now? I didn't at all. I, I would really? say, I would say like, it's not I, one class that like you think, no, I think business school is an absolute ripoff in its current state. Okay. I, I would, it's an absolute joke, especially from the marketing point of view. I learned 
so much more from marketing through external education, like courses, books on my own, stuff like that. But if you were just to go and actually consume the curriculum they have for you, it does not prepare you for any real marketing job tomorrow. Not at all. Oh my gosh. Like you'll, you'll get in there and then you'll have to learn on the job again. So it's like, I would say like, and maybe I'm just, maybe this is just my major. I can't speak on any other major, just my own. But if I look at the, what I paid versus what I actually got back, it was a huge ripoff. Like the experience and all that was great. But like yeah. just going in and thinking what I learned from that class, that class cost me 800 bucks. Did I take anything away from that? Almost all of them are no. Wow. Yeah. I, but I think that's more of a university issue and the macro perspective. Right, right. Ed- education moves too fast now. I know. The, the whole system of creating a curriculum, this is going to be consumed for the next five to 10 years. In the next two years, it'll be obsolete. Like it doesn't make sense anymore, but we're still being taught that that's success. Yeah, so, yeah. And having my, uh, back to, sorry, I talk a lot. Back, back <laughs> to okay. the topic of my little sister. She's currently going through that dis- like decision-making. She's in grade 11 right now. Oh, so that's prime time. Exactly. Like, okay, now you got to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. And she's really stressed about that. And they, it, Everyone is. Of course. And they're freaking up grade 11. Yeah, it's top down. Like all the teachers there, they went to university. So they say university success. And then it creates this pressure on her. She's like, oh, I need to get into university. It's like, no, you can be totally successful and never go to university. Yeah. Like I, I don't even think for what I'm going to do, what I hope to do. I don't think I needed university whatsoever. I'm now, I have a full-time job as well. I only have that job because I had debt from school. Right. So it's like I got the job. It carries over. It's and a self-fulfilling like, prophecy. Like yeah. I have that job because I went to school, but I only need that job because I went to school. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. So I think it totally depends on who you are. And it's also extremely difficult for a kid to know themselves at like 17 at or 18. such a young age, it, yeah. No one has a clue who they are. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think was a very unique one. I mm-hmm. definitely knew what I wanted to do in like grade six or seven. And what was that? Being a host. Okay. On, and anything. I mean, originally it was to be on the social, which is the woman talk show panel, kind of like the view. It's the Toronto based one. Okay. I think I've seen that. I just want to like, you know, when one of them retires, replace them. But, um, you know what, when I was talking to my teachers and they're very at school, they're very entrepreneurial types and they all, you know, created their own feature films and worked with crazy big names out there, but they did it their own way. It mm-hmm. just kind of inspired me to do the same being like, you know what, you're right. Maybe I don't need to like go to that show and like, work there for however many years at a entry level pay. Um, and you know, there's like four or five interns there a day and you're not getting paid to intern there. So there's so many other ways you can go about it. So I fully see what you're saying. Yeah. I think the internet made everything a level playing field and that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. even like 10 or 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So back then I think, yeah, university probably was like a near necessity in most desired career paths. Right. But now it's like you can educate yourself with like, almost no money like <laughs> it's it's, very, it's, everything's it's on the insa- internet it's insane you know you don't even need to go to the library anymore and get a physical book i mean you can yeah. but I who mean, does that yeah <laughs> who does that who has a library card i mean i do but i think i only have it from like registering to yes. get it and yeah, then i yeah. never use it just exactly. sits in my room um so let's kind of change pace to podcasting then mm-hmm. how did uh that come about how did that interest so that was up? Like, I honestly never even got into that hoping to ever make money or anything like that. It was just, okay, like, I, I have such a craving to know these people that are doing stuff that I want to do. But as, again, like, a kid, a small kid from Canada, like, who, why would they talk to me? If you don't have a platform, why would they give you even five minutes time of, of their time? I know. So it's like, unless you, unless you create that, there's no reason. Like, you got to think about it. Everybody is naturally somewhat selfish. So if... If why would they do that, right? Yeah. So I was like, hey, it seems like podcasting is probably the best platform to do that because it's people love to talk about themselves. Yeah. So and you can easily set it up online. Yeah. So I got to meet a ton of people that I would never, ever in a million years have gotten to meet simply because of having a show. It's, it's a foot in the door, essentially, is how I viewed it. And then it's kind of how things go. Is it's actually built everything around that thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. How have you reached out to find guests? So that's actually one of my favorite processes, like get, doing the chase. You know what I mean? Because it's crazy who you can get to reply. Yeah. It's actually insane. Everybody yeah. reads their DMs. I don't care who. I know. I agree. I agree. Everybody's reading through their DMs. And even the message requests. Like people are still reading those. Yep. So uh, a few different tools. Like there's this app called um, Hunter.io. It's like a Chrome plugin. Okay. Uh, you can type in any URL, so like any website address, and then it'll tell you who like the admin email is for that website so that can be pretty how did you find this app my buddy uh he texted me and he's like oh like this could be very helpful for you and i'm like thanks bro shout out saul thanks brother (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he he sent me that and there's also another one that almost no one knows about i'm amazed they don't know about it's called scrap 
Uh, it's another Chrome extension. And what it does is it integrates with LinkedIn. And so anybody who has a LinkedIn account, it'll give you pretty close to their actual email address. And so that, that's far less busy typically than their DMs. Right. So, and almost everyone's on LinkedIn, believe it or not. Yeah. So it's like that Scrap is a pretty valuable tool, but I would say still it, it goes down in the DMs. I think Instagram was the most pivotable, pivotable, pivotal way to actually get the foot in the door and start speaking to people. Okay. How active are you on LinkedIn? I was far more active before when I was in school because I was a campus editor. Got it. For okay. school, like this position that they have. So anybody who's in school right now, go apply to that. They give it to almost anybody and it looks good on a resume. <laughs> so go apply to be the LinkedIn campus editor for your school. There's probably no competition. Um, and I think LinkedIn's a great platform. It's also, their algorithm is very favorable in terms of organic reach right now. It'll dwindle over time. But uh, in terms of content creation, that's a pretty creative path. You can go there as well. Obviously, you have to change the tone and messaging given on the, who the audience is there. It's far more of a professional aspect to it. But I've seen a lot of my friends that have built like almost influencer status on LinkedIn, which is so strange. Yeah, for sure. Um, who would you say are, I guess, your like best interviews you've had on your podcast so far? Best in terms of performance or like I enjoyed them the most? Ooh, give me one of each. Okay, best <laughs> in terms of performance was uh, Cody Warner. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him. No, I saw it in your thing, but I didn't Yeah, he, so he's a YouTuber. He His story is really, really cool. He was just like randomly, he's like, I'm going to do daily vlogging. He ran a video production company. Okay. And then he's like, hey, you know what? I, I want to start vlogging. So he did that. And then Canada-based or? No, he's in the States. Okay. But uh, he randomly got uh, to do a video with Peter McKinnon, and then he just blew up. And I got him like right on that wave. Like he was super nice to speak to me and we, we had a quick, great conversation. And that's probably one of my best performing episodes to date simply because so many people were searching his name because they're like, who is this guy who was just on a video with Peter McKinnon? And I think, he, I don't even know if he had done any other podcasts before that. So it was just a right time, right place thing. Yeah. Uh, so that was a great conversation, also a great performer. And then other ones in terms that I really enjoyed, um, Probably, um, not many people would even know who he was, is, but Avi Grandin is his name. He's a marketer in Toronto. Okay. He just provided so much value. Like, he just had like, tangible resources. I think a lot of podcasts, while like they're great for your mindset and everything like that, a lot of them don't provide takeaways. So it's like, you can be inspired till you're blue in the face, but if you don't have any way to like, actually funnel that into action, what's it all for? I'm glad you mentioned that. And he's like, he was very substance oriented, like giving them true actionable steps, like do this, do this, do this, right. which is so, so rare because once you do that, these gurus disappear, right? Like if, once you give them the path and open people's eyes, it's like, okay, then now how do these people make money? Right? Yeah. So he was like very forthcoming into like everything he learned which is really cool right yeah mm -hmm. when i first started listening to podcasts it was definitely more of like an entertainment mm -hmm. base it wasn't so much to take away anything and then yeah. i realized you know what like i i'd rather listen to something that i'm like getting some educational exactly. purpose or a takeaway from yeah so as i started researching and finding more and more and a lot more like female entrepreneurs yeah um I've, I started listening to podcasts so much more and was just a little bit more attentive to what I was even listening yeah, to yeah, yeah. instead of just background noise. Do you yeah, know what I it mean? starts off, I think, is exactly how you phrased it. Like just background noise. You're like, this is something to do. It's something to fill up the, the white noise. Yeah. But then you're like, you get hungry for it like, as yeah. you get further you're in. You're like waiting for the next episode exactly. or they have a really good guest on and you're like yeah. waiting to listen 100%. to it. 100%. Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity there for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how did you get someone like Jack Denmo on your uh, podcast? So I just reached out to him. Uh, Jack and I are boys now. Uh, I just reached out to him and he's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm up in Guelph all the time. So I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, and then from there, we built a pretty good friendship. Like I've helped him out with a couple of shoots and like he's helped me out. And we're going to be collaborating in a video coming up soon. And he's going to, because he's actually building a course too. So uh, he's going to drop that and then provide some value into how he built like a prank channel type thing okay. so a lot of people want to do that but like again they get stuck on like what to do where yeah. to start so he's going to be creating a whole course on that so we're going to do a little bit of like a teaser video on my channel okay mm -hmm. sweet yeah the thing i liked about his episode or like segment with you i guess is the information that he shared with like being banned from certain campuses yeah. and, like if you guys aren't aware like he does prank videos yeah. and like kind of q and a's on the street he's okay sorry to cut you off he's actually a lot smarter than people think he is i, I could tell yeah. i could tell in the conversations you guys were having because mm -hmm. not to like compare it to nelk boys but the nelk boys who were huge on youtube for a while and then yeah. got banned they never really shared like their real 
like details on what happened yeah, and why yeah. and how they could go about it next time, which Jack was so Jack's transparent. Yeah, yeah. And it was so nice to hear and like refreshing that he was so open to being like, Hey, like this is what I did wrong. This yeah. is how I fixed it. This is how I went about it. I did all my research. Like this is what I did. And I think that's where he'll always find success is yeah. the fact that he is he's a valuable so tr- person. He's so transparent and he, he conducts himself the same way, whether he's speaking to like an official from like the news or a staff member from the school. That's like crazy. it's just the same thing. Did, yeah. you, did you see his most recent interview on uh, CTV? I did. Yeah. It was, it was, on Instagram. It was hilarious. Yeah. And he just, he's so well composed. Yeah. And like how, like you're a prankster. I feel like if it was like, again, not to compare, but I am comparing it was Nelk boys. Like they'd just be going like buck wild, but yeah. he was so, so composed on. And I think that's where he'll find longevity too though. Yeah. It's cause like stuff does get old. Right. Yeah. So the path you created for yourself after school, mm-hmm. what is that now? Like, what are your side hustles? Yeah. I, guess this, I guess this is your side hustle and you said you had a full-time job, but that's yeah, yeah. straight off school. How, how is that all working yeah, out? Yeah, so I still work. Uh, I have a full-time job in sales, uh, media sales specifically. Okay. And then um, I also run my own marketing agency, which I would love to eventually scale that. So once I can build up the financial backing to actually go and try and that. that. Like, I still do that on the side. I have a few clients here and there that definitely make some money, but I would love to build that and scale. I think there's real opportunity in, in like what I want to do. And I think, uh, hopefully I can get to that, uh, in terms of fossils, I'm also building a course on podcasting. So that'll be coming out in the next few months, hopefully. And then, uh, just trying to scale up the YouTube channel. Cause I think that's such a great yeah. platform to bring people You're in. You're very consistent. I have to say on both platforms, yeah. I don't know how you do it with a nine to five on top of that. I wasn't for a very long time. And then I was like, okay, there's no more, like you, if you batch content, it's, it's doable. I'm sure you go about doing the same way, right? Yeah. It's like, it's only way to do it though. When people are like, oh, like make a video once and then get back and do another one. It's like, never do that. Yeah. Batching is key. Yeah. It's super important. hundred percent. Do you pre-film a lot? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I film like four or five videos in a weekend and then that'll be good for like the next two weeks. Okay. Mm. Okay. So you just shoot out your weekend there by filming? Oh, I can usually get them out pretty quick. But it's so funny going back and I watch my edits because I'll typically film it all in like one sitting and then go and crop out all of my like speaking errors. That's so, so funny. It's so funny. Do you wear the same outfit in each of no, the No, I videos? change my shirt. Okay. Because people will catch you. I know. <laughs> I'll be I like, know. Little I'll be like, ben, do you only have one shirt? I'm like, no, I have more than one shirt. Because I guess the, the first time I ever bashed, I wore like a white t-shirt for three videos in a row. And then she, this one lady who watched like all my videos, she's like, do you only have one shirt? So she caught me. So yeah. now, I, now I never make that mistake. I always change a shirt. That's so funny. Okay, so what's your sleeping schedule like? Because I'm a very bad so sleeper. I'm I, I kind of got the feeling because when we were messaging, you replied at like 3 a.m. Yeah. and then you replied at like 8. And I was like, why is he not sleeping? Like, I don't understand. Uh, like, did you not go to bed for eight hours? No, did you so wake up? That was just, that was situational. Uh, I had to get a podcast episode out and a YouTube video out that day because I was going oh, away for the weekend. Okay, so pressure was on. Yeah, and I underestimated how long it was going to take, big time. Yeah, I do that too sometimes. Because it was one, like, usually, like, I'm pretty good at just speaking randomly. Like, I'll just say it because I know what I'm talking about. But in this video, it was all stuff that I couldn't BS. Like, it was scripted lines. So it took, like, four or five times as long as my normal video because normally I can just talk off the top. Whereas this is, like, I need to say this because these are factual things. Right. So it was, like, a... I was highlighting the top five best podcast hosts. So like I was mentioning features of each. So I couldn't just like BS it because it had to be actually be specific. Right, so it right. took way longer. And was that in collaboration with those podcasts? Yeah, yeah. So I'm okay. an affiliate for all of them. Okay. So uh, you really did have to perform well in that exactly, one. Exactly. Because that could be potentially very beneficial for me. 100%. Right? You can't have it there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what else was I going to ask? So your weekend away, did you film any of that? So no, uh, I used to do like travel vlogs and stuff like that. And then... I'll do some of them just on my own phone just for fun and whatnot, but I don't really post those to my YouTube channel. I think I'll probably get back to that eventually when people, when I'm, you reach the status where people actually care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, but right yeah, now yeah. it's like that stuff's more just for like me and my friends when I go away. Uh, I used to post it all on my channel, but I think I'm really focused on creating like a, a clear reason why someone should come to my channel. Yeah. And then once that's reached a point where it can actually sustain itself, then I can pretty well do whatever I want with it. Right. But until that level has reached, it's, I want to try to keep it a pretty clear path. Has anyone ever came up to you that watches your videos? Like Only at well? school. Okay. Like at school, like, cause it's, Guelph's not, every, yeah, it's not, not a big place yeah. at all. No. <laughs> so people would be like, I made a school about a picture. I made a video about Guelph. So like anybody searching up Guelph would see it. Yeah. So yeah, a few people there. Um, that's, that's about it. When know? did you graduate again? April. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was recent. Yeah, yeah. I graduated. I was in a five-year program because it was a co-op program. That was like my brother, yeah. So it was an ex- extra... Was he, he was in marketing too? No, he was in... Um, can you name all the streams? Yeah, so there's <laughs> economics and finance. There is accounting. 
There is hotel and tourist management or something like that. There's real estate. And then there's uh, human resources and leadership. I think that's all. I think it was finance. Finance? Like economics, finance. Okay. Yeah, that sounds familiar. He's a smart guy. And his girlfriend did marketing. Okay. Which is funny. I, pro- I definitely had classes with them probably because up until like your third or fourth year, you have almost the exact same schedule. That's good. And then it gets hard. Like they get all the hard courses in grade right. third and fourth year and we get all the easy ones. Right, right. <laughs> it was that's awesome. The last, the last year was an absolute joke in marketing. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like all of them were there was no, almost no exams. It was all like final presentations, which I like lived for. So I'm like, this is amazing. I love that too. Yeah. So it was just presentation. And then you're done. It was awesome. Oh my gosh. Did you go to a lot of your classes? <laughs> <laughs> Who's asking? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, I did not. Uh, and I'm not advocating that you shouldn't. I think it totally depends on your situation for mine. I would go to the classes that they didn't post the slides, but otherwise like, if they post all the content, it was a bad investment in my mind to go yeah. like 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back to consume the same information I could do in my comfort of my own room for in 20 minutes. Like it's a no brainer. 30 minutes away from your well, school. When bus, by the time you bus there, oh, you walk true. to class. But you, didn't you have a car? I did have a car, but they had to pay for parking. True. It was cheap. True. So you only took the car when you need to like grocery shop? Yeah. Grocery shopping. That's key. You definitely don't want to be carrying any of that stuff with your hands or on the bus or anything. Um, yeah. And then I'd drive to school when it was night time and most i try to get my classes at night so that way you're only skipping one long one instead of like three throughout the week right <laughs> it made, myself, really it made myself feel better plus if you get one for the f- rule of thumb go into the first day find someone who you think is going to be there all the time make them your best friend you're good to go yeah and then you good should advice. help them out help they advice. help you out yeah yeah good. got each other's back exactly so what um editing programs do you use for like photos your thumbnails your videos yeah uh thumbnails love gimp it's a free app you can download to your computer. Jack Demo actually put me onto that one, so shout out Jack. And then uh, I'm not a huge software guy. Like I don't love like all the creative design stuff. Like I'm pretty simple, plain Jane when it comes to video editing. Even I so use. So what do you video edit? I use Final Cut now, but I, I only did it because I was like, oh, I should. I think I should be using more than iMovie. But I'm like, for what I but do. But it depends. Yeah, it really depends what you do. Exactly. Because yeah. I used like Windows Live Movie Maker way back when, which yeah. was the most basic thing ever, like very, very minimal with mm-hmm. tools. Then I moved on to iMovie when I had a MacBook, yep. which was still okay. Yeah. And then eventually when you start to see more sick edits and cinematography yeah, you type get, videos, you're like, you get FOMO. it's not going to cut it anymore. Yeah, I, I got Final Cut as well, but it's a really expensive application. Yeah. And then you have to pay for all these like cool plugins. Yeah. So then I navigated towards Premiere because I found that I could do more on that. But you pay for that monthly, don't you? I do, but I get the whole package and I'm still like, student okay fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so i get yeah so i have the photoshop lightroom after effects i just i use all of them and they work so seamlessly well together you can yeah, export yeah. one to another so easy that it'd be silly for me not to yeah i feel like once you go with one you kind of adopt the whole yeah, ecosystem exactly exactly it's the ecosystem yeah so do you ever see yourself using any of those in the future not a chance yeah i am looking forward to the day when i can outsource my video editing that so you don't like to video edit you'd, I don't you'd love rather it. yeah i'm the same I, I love i'm the same i love making the video yeah like, like I, the whole I, creation I, behind I it you're doing that. all the talking and then this is what i want do it do it here's the money i'm a big advocate in outsourcing your weaknesses and i i, I can video edit it but there's people who are way better yeah. than that and i it's wouldn't have to talent. pay them that much right when you think about it like the ability to outsource things uh-huh. so that's something that i'm looking forward to doing soon <laughs> right for sure. yeah no i totally get that like something that will take me three times as long and i know it will take exactly you, like, like and it'll be better exactly like my videos will never be hard to edit they're talking head videos yeah so it's like if i just I, I, to do that though i will have to improve how I, I film them though. That's true. Because the tedious part is going through and, edit and cropping it all. Right. So how did you come up with the like early ideas of your videos and how did that transition? So, and I would say if this is a good piece of advice for anybody, I just have this running list of notes on my phone of like thousands of video ideas. Like if you ever think, like, there's inspiration everywhere. I know it sounds super corny, but it's true. No, no, it's true. Like I'll be walking somewhere and I'm like, whoa, like, that's a good one. Random thought. Well, like yeah. I, these are like all Holy. videos that I still need to make. That's so, a lot. That's and, got you for like the year. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And I just continue to add to it. And I got different lists for like podcast episodes, YouTube videos, like all that different stuff. So I would say that's just once you have that written there and it started, now you're like subconsciously always thinking about that. And you actually have a place to 
output those thoughts. Right. And that's another reason why I'm not good at sleeping. I, I get the best ideas when I'm trying to sleep. I was going to say that because yeah. it's a, it's like you're almost going to fall. You're in the half, like half asleep, half awake phase. Yeah. You're like, oh, do I go right down? Yes, because I'll forget it in to. the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's happened to me too. I'll be swimming in my like backyard. Yeah. And then I'll like yell for my mom. My mom comes outside. I'm like, I need you to write something down for yeah. me. She's like, <laughs> that's oh awesome. my God, what? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well, it's like you're going to forget otherwise. You will. Like, it's so important to get it down. That could be a banger video. Like you'll never know. And you never know. Absolutely. Um, so are you happy in the direction you're going right now with your life, with, with everything you've That's chosen? That's a deep question. I know, I know it is. Uh, like you have to pay off your debt, you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I've reached that level. Like I'm, I've paid off on my school. Now it's just building a foundation to actually facilitate the true pursuit of what I would like to do. Right. Um, and unfortunately, life's not free. It's actually quite expensive. It's very expensive. So uh, especially like I'm going to be like living on my own. you got to pay for all that stuff, right? So, so uh, you still live at home with your parents? Uh, I won't be in a few weeks. Wow. Yes. Yes. So you're going to be living by yourself? I'll be living with a buddy. We okay. will be living like students. Uh, we found the cheapest place we could find. And uh, he's a fellow entrepreneur as well. And That's I, so great. Yeah. Inspiring. So we both will be kind of doing the same. Exactly. Yeah. We, we've always been like that presence for each other. But we now that we're actually living together, I think it'll be even more. Did beneficial. you guys go to school together? We did. Yeah. We actually, I, one of my, I started a company together called the... Uh, do good clothing and apparel. Okay. And it was kind of one of those uh, purpose-driven brands like where you could donate stuff and stuff like that. But then uh, we received a letter from a, a do good company in the States like threatening us to shut down. Oh no. Yeah. I honestly think we could have won if we had money, but we, <laughs> we, we couldn't afford it. Like yeah. they were saying- Students just came out of school. Exactly. Like... We were actually, we were second year. We were in school. Oh, you were still in school. Yeah. So we started it and it was going really well. Like we were getting some traction on the campus and everything like that. And then uh, the guy who contacted us, he had a very big following on Twitter and he just got all of his followers to ruin us. He's like, go call these guys fakes. He got like our personal handles. They were reaching them out. My business partner at the time, like my buddy I'm moving in with, he was getting like death threats. It was crazy. Did you guys know at the time though that these guys existed? Well, first of all, this is why I know we could have won. I created the concept in like grade 12 of high school and I had documentation that proved that I had that idea then. Plus our names weren't even identical. His was do good forever. And ours was just do good. So it's like, dude, like you, you couldn't, he was bullying us. They were strong arming us. And yeah, they, 100%. unfortunately it was enough for, so it's still uh, enough of a difference where it shouldn't be an issue. It wouldn't have been like, I've looked, my uncle's a lawyer and I asked him to like look into it and he's like, no, you would have been fine. But at that point our brand name was, ruined yeah because he had he had like sixty thousand twitter followers and they we got that's tough inundated with you guys suck you guys are fake all this stuff and then uh unfortunately sunny was not he was not happy he was pretty upset and so that that was the end of that one but yeah we'll, we'll be business partners again in the future and hopefully that doesn't happen okay awesome so that's what's happening you're paying off your debt yeah. you're moving in with your buddy mm -hmm. you're taking eventually youtube and podcasting full-time yeah so i think that'll always be a portion of the business i think that connection is very very important i think again as i mentioned previous that the light bulb kind of went off that like it should be facilitating more of a business right so i think integrating my agency into it more has definitely been helpful and i've landed a bunch of consulting clients that way because people reach out to me and they're like oh do you do consulting and i'm like yeah i guess i should advertise that more yeah <laughs> so, uh, i've had a bunch of social media consulting stuff that way and i think having it, it's amazing because youtube is like a salesperson you don't have to pay so it's, so it's like if you can make them sell something like a business, then that's where like that's the ticket because then it makes everything worth so much more. Like every time a video ranks, every time it's w performing well, like those are all potential leads now. 100%. And then, it's like a resume, an online absolutely. resume. Yeah, for sure. Video and then people, that makes people trust you, right? Yeah, 100%. Are you pretty active on Instagram? Yeah, less. I, I'm honestly, like, I help people's people build their accounts more than I actually do anything on mine anymore. I, as a personal brand, I've just kind of given up on the whole Instagram thing and it's pay to play. Honestly, a lot of the times it really is. So I've just kind of, I don't I'm not too active anymore. I got stories and stuff like that, but I used to be really hyper obsessed with like, Oh, I want to grow on Instagram. I want to grow on yeah, Instagram. It's hard to grow on multiple platforms at the same it's time. A lot, like it's for really sure. hard to like, you really need to narrow down and focus yeah. on the one that you're trying to. But like, it's ironic because a lot of the time I, my work that I do with my agency is helping other people grow their Instagram accounts. Right. So, yeah. So it's kind of funny that I don't really do anything with my own. I just use it more as like fun now. Yeah. 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 
Well, that's good. Okay, um, one last question. Mm-hmm. Um, you so you have a little character caricature of like of your drawing of yourself. How yeah. did that? How did you get that inspo? Did you get someone to draw it for you? So uh, I didn't directly. A former guest, Henny, uh, he is a digital marketer as well, and he has a f- person on his staff that they do that. Like that's one of their skills that they have. Sweet. So he asked, "Thank you for having him on." He got me one of those things. So I was just like, "Oh, that's sweet." I'll- put it up that's awesome yeah that's awesome okay well is there anything else you want to add uh yeah okay can i ask you a few questions sure go for it so, so what was the motivation to actually start this show because i know you said that you always wanted to be a host but what was it that's about this show that this was the one that you want to do i think it's just having my own thing nobody telling me how to run it so okay. i can have as many guests on as i want i can do my own episode if i'd like yeah um and being able to talk about any topics without anything being like censored or stuff like that, because it is my own mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I mean? No rules for sure. In a sense. Um, and I'm the same way as you. Like I love to talk. I love to yeah. just put stuff out there in my opinions, even though they can be kind of strong sometimes. Of course. Um, yeah. I just like, I like having that platform to be able to do so. And it's like mine. You yeah, know? yeah. And are you happy with your path? Yeah, I am. I am. I think, I mean, there's a lot I've, learns and you know working on my own in a way like I've gotten um I've paid people to edit my videos before just because sometimes doing I'm sure you know podcasting and YouTube it's a lot and uploading consistently on both and then you're like hey something needs to give um so eventually um I do want to be able to hand off my videos and have someone Mm -hmm. else edit them I can edit them just like you said but I know there's better people out there that can do the job and I can put my time into doing more recordings and and that's how you grow and searching guests like I'm the same way I love to like search and find people you know to be on the show so um just having more time to do the recordings and the filming and the content creation and then have the rest kind of passed off is kind of what I'm leading towards okay yeah and if you could do anything and money was not even part of the equation was this would this be what you'd be doing I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That means you're doing the right thing. Then. Yeah. No, I love it. It's like I went to school for it, even though my school is more like behind the camera, the okay. whole program. But anytime it was like, hey, we need like talent. We need someone in front just to like you frame up. For the show. I was like, up. me yeah. <laughs> all the time. Um, and then my classmates were always like, hey, like we don't we're short actors. Like, can you be in it? Like, That's awesome. I guess so. Yeah. So it was always fun to like break out in, in different characters. That's amazing. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Do you want to plug your stuff? Oh yeah, sure. I guess I should do that. Yeah. Eh? Um, so my YouTube channel is just Ben Levitt. So first name, last name, L E A V I T T. A lot of people. Yeah, I know another last name Levitt, but there's no A. So I, w- I was questioning yeah. how to pronounce it at first. Yeah, uh, I, get, I hear leave it all the time, and I honestly it's annoying. I, it is, and but it's not. Like I, I totally it's not their get fault. It. Yeah, like it, that's how it's spelled. Like right. it looks like leave it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, there's a bunch of us with the A's out there. Uh, I think the difference is that like Levitt is a traditional Jewish last name. But with the A, it's not. Oh. So if you meet somebody with the last... So I, I meet a lot of P- Jewish people that I disappoint because I'm not Jewish. Because <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Levitt is quite a Jewish name. What's your nationality? Um, I'm Irish okay. and English. Okay. And a bit of Ukrainian. Okay. But uh, so yeah, people will be like, oh, you're good Jewish. I'm like, no, I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry. at all. Sorry. Um, yeah. But uh, if you ever see someone with L-E-V-I-T-T, they're almost always Jewish. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Little yeah. facts. Little facts. Fact of the day. And then your uh, podcast? Podcast is uh, I'm, it's called Do Dope Shit. Uh, and then uh, it's on any podcast platform. Pretty similar to your show. I like to interview inspiring people. And yeah. then um, yeah, that's pretty much it. YouTube. And then Instagram is Ben Levitt underscore. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, don't forget to give uh, the podcast a subscribe. The wow, I can't even speak. <laughs> Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to the podcast and hit the five stars, preferably. That stuff's really important. Uh, yes, and leave please. a written review as well. It helps a lot. Yes, Ben knows. Ben yes, knows. Exactly. <laughs> Struggle. Um, and you can catch all the links in the show notes. Perfect. And uh, yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. All right.